0: Welcome to the What's Right Show. Sam Urjofsky here, your host. Presiding of this hour, brought to you by Ash, Injury Law. Friends, this program, uh, we fight for your right to cook with gas. I just want to make that clear. All right, it's been 24 hours or so since the revelation that Biden has his own document fiasco that he's dealing with. By the way, today, about two hours ago, we found out that there is uh, has been a second batch of classified documents discovered at yet a new location. NBC News reporting that aides to President Joe Biden have discovered at least one. Additional batch of classified documents in a location separate from the Washington office he used after leading, leaving the Obama administration. Now, we don't know, you know, we still don't know anything, folks. And the pundits still have it all wrong. You've got the, of course, the uh, liberal apologists on one side, and then you've got the conservatives not being able to figure out where this uh, is all going. And I'm even surprised, frankly, by a number of constitutional lawyers and scholars that are still missing the glaring difference uh, between the Biden document fine and the Trump one. Namely, as I explained yesterday, that Trump as president at the time that he left the White House, left the administration, had uh, up until the moment his uh, successor, which happened to be Biden... Was sworn And up until that very second, he had the unilateral power and constitutional authority to declassify uh, any and all of these documents and didn't require any kind of documentation, didn't require any kind of formal, formal process or witnesses or anything of this kind, which, again, as an attorney, I'm looking at this and I'm seeing that as being a, a, a significant obstacle to any efforts to try to now… Uh, you know, charge him well charge him and, and prosecute him and win a prosecution because he's got a very easy defense. He can just say, as I was loading these things into boxes, or had my aides loading these things into boxes to take him to Mar-a-Lago, I waved my hands and declared all these documents declassified and and, and that would be a uh, just about as perfect of a defense as you could you could have. Biden, at the time that these documents were removed, was either vice president or not vice president. He certainly was still four years away from becoming president. So you catch my drift here, he had no unilateral authority to declassify them. Now I had a couple of you reach out and say, well, but he's president now, he could declassify them now. And I said, that's not the point we know for a fact that even if he declassified them on the day, on the second he became president in January of 2021, we know that in that particular moment, uh, it was four years from the time that he, or so, that he removed these, these documents where they would have been removed from his offices, his vice presidential offices. So it's, it's, uh, he, he's got a huge amount of legal exposure. Jonathan Turley, who is a legal analyst kind of center center right guy uh, wrote on fox.com about all of this and you know he he's there he's missing the point this is the crux of what makes the the Biden document find so significant it is absolutely the most important differentiator between these two particular circumstances. And, and like I explained yesterday, it's not the numerosity of documents or that, I don't know, that these were, that Biden's cooperating. The cooperation is not an element in the federal law that prohibits the removal of these documents. Now, what we know about this second discovery, yes, it's a small number, whatever the hell that means, Right. We know that any stories about Donald Trump are going to be exaggerated uh, by the liberal media. So, so when you when you when you see an allegation about Trump, and it's let's say from NBC News, you know that you y- you gotta like <laughs> you you've gotta adjust it based on the expectation that NBC, CNN, MSNBC is going to you know is going to exaggerate. And puff up the amount of, of, of damage that they perceive, you know, having been incurred by Trump. Uh, by comparison, you know, you got to read all these mainstream media reports about Biden and, and understand that he has a favorable uh, Justice Department. He has a favorable uh, records department. You know, all the all the folks that are national records people, those those are all in the in the. Yeah, they're of course they're they're Biden shills you know they're, they're all democrats so they're going to hold water for him and carry water for him absolutely so when you know when cbs news writes for example well we don't know the classification level number and precise location of the additional documents um also wasn't immediately clear when the additional documents were discovered and if the search for any other classified materials Biden may have from the Obama administration is complete, yeah, this is precisely it. I, th- th- now we have two days of kind of a drip-drip revelation that there are these documents still circulating. And, he, yeah, I, I, I mean it's going to – folks, I, I think this is the tip of the iceberg uh, is, my, is my sense of it. Now, again, uh, no major pundits are talking about these key differences. In fact, I've not seen it anywhere else. So you are getting information here on this program that you will not uh, get as of right now anywhere else. Um, and I'm kind of disappointed, actually, that the uh, conservative media, for the most part, um, is vacillating somewhere between the DOJ is now in a pickle, you know, and, and who is Biden to lecture Trump. Uh, this, is far, this is a far greater consequence to Biden, and I think this is frankly why you'll see the bit of nervousness among some Democrats that are lawyers and that are perhaps former Justice Department officials, prosecutors, and, and the like. Uh, they're beginning to understand that there is some exposure here. So I'm, you know, I, I, I think this is, this is all uh, coming together. Now, uh, Karl Rove... Uh, you know, gave this uh, his treatment, and and if, and I understand Rove is a is a is a huge anti-Trump guy, so this would be an example of Republican thinking by an anti-Trumper, and it it bears mentioning that again he's he's totally missing the point. Well, there are differences, but you can't make this stuff up. But there are differences. For example, how many documents in Biden's case there appear to be about ten, in the case of President Trump hundreds. How did they get there? We don't yet know how the documents got to the Biden. Uh, office connected with his activities on behalf of the university of pennsylvania we know that president trump ordered the removal of the documents to mar-a-lago how responsive were they when 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 the biden people found out about it they called immediately called the appropriate authorities and turned them over we spent a year and a half watching the drama unfold in mar-a-lago and it had to end in a, a police search to recover the documents It had to end in a police search to recover the documents. Um, None of what Mr. Rove just described is of material importance to any of the charges that are, you know, potentially, you know, actionable against Donald Trump. So if the a special prosecutor here goes, you know, to the to the to the max and throws the book uh, uh you know, at Trump and, and and absolutely goes for every charge possible. I, I'm telling you, it, it that he did not cooperate, that he failed to cooperate, that he stonewalled, et cetera, this I mean those are mitigating factors or aggravating factors that are considered at the time of sentencing. But they are certainly not elements of the crime that that, that, that it you know, we 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 assume will be charged. So again, this is where you know political pundits, even very smart ones, even very biased ones, all of that is fine. But he's not a lawyer, and he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Now, I I, I, I I'm 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 a very interested in the story. I I think it's uh, going to be if if I have to consult my crystal ball, friends. I think that this is going to get worse and worse, and there, of course, is a connection to uh, one, of the, uh, one of the actions that is being pursued right now by the 118th Congress. Now, I mentioned yesterday the, the Congress Republicans in Congress have formed a select committee as one of the action items that they got passed the other day. They formed a select committee to investigate Chinese influence. Uh, on the uh, Obama-Biden administration, now the Biden administration, and uh, vis-a-vis, of course, Hunter Biden and other members of government or people connected to the government. And the reason I bring this up is because there is um, there are reports that I believe are credible that uh, when Biden was leaving the uh, the uh, the vice presidency, the Obama-Biden administration, Hunter Biden… …was in talks with prominent Chinese business people affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party. And what we know as part of these talks, and we know this because of the Biden, Hunter Biden laptop that had all of these emails uh, located in it. And there's a, there's just a, a trail of of really precise information that leads us to believe that Hunter Biden was looking to set up office space paid for by these, frankly, what are Chinese operatives, government operatives… Where it would be an office that uh, both, uh, well, Hunter Biden would be officing in, but also it talks about Joe Biden and Joe Biden's brother and even Dr. Jill Biden all having office space in in this in the suite that they were considering leasing out. What isn't immediately clear to me is did any of that office space, did that actually, did that plan come to fruition or not? But imagine this. Classified information, and we know one of these documents, for example, detailed uh, intelligence on on Ukraine, uh, intelligence on trade deals. I'm hearing reports that some of it even included matters involving China. Uh, Biden. Uh, We know it's very telling here that NBC News, and nobody wants to say, well, we don't know where this next batch of documents was found. But it doesn't sound to me like it was found in the same place that the documents were found yesterday because they're saying, they're admitting it's in a new location. And I am worried, friends, that this thing is going to ultimately lead to where there's some office space that certainly, I know the Bidens, these people are grifters, there's no way they were paying for their own office space. Uh, no chance in H E double hockey sticks did that happen. So where's the money coming from? Well, considering that you know Hunter, uh, the crackhead, was making you know deals with with the Chicom's and looking to raise money for them, I, I, it's entirely conceivable that there is some space that was paid by the, for by the Chinese. And then in that case, these documents, unlike the ones that lago fell into, literally into enemy hands. Forget the law for a minute, and I don't say that very often here as an attorney. Just take the law away from it and what elements of the laws and who's liable and whatever. You cannot convince me that you know these documents sitting around somewhere in Biden's think tank or in an office space paid for by the Chinese is less bad, as the media would have you believe, than documents that are under seal locked in a vault at Mar-a-Lago that is guarded by the Secret Service. I'm sorry, I'm out on that. All right, friends, we've got to take a quick break here. I'll get you more up to speed on what's going on in Congress. They have had a hell of a week. Stuff is happening. I want to clue you in on some of uh, some stuff here that I think, frankly, affects us here in Nevada. One particular. Uh, One particular uh, resolution was passed by the House that is uh, is fascinating. I'll share all this with you when we return. Do not go anywhere. Sam Orjofsky, News Talk 840 KXNT. You're listening to The What's Right Show. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Sam here, Nevada's favorite recovering Californian, local attorney, talk show host, and your friend in these troubled times. You're listening to the What's Right Show, and here we go. Friends, uh, I mentioned uh, just before the break that the Congress, the new Congress, uh, 118th Congress, is uh, busy. They're getting stuff done. There's a number of resolutions and bills that have already been agreed to. Uh, in the House, uh, one of the bills that I find uh, interesting, of course, it will have to go to the Senate uh, is this idea that our uh, concealed carry permits, if you have a concealed carry permit in one state, you would get by order of federal law, reciprocity in all 50 states uh, throughout the throughout the country. This is a huge deal. If you have a concealed carry permit, you know how uh, crazy it is. You've got your permit. You've got your your firearm on you. Now, let's say you drive to California. Well, to do everything right, you have to, uh, right before you get to the border, take your firearm and unload it, put it in a lockbox in the trunk, comply with all California rules and requirements... Because your permit to carry a, a, a weapon in Nevada does not carry over into California because California refuses to accept it. And I think, by the way, I know, I don't think, I'm uh, I f- deeply aware of the fact that there are thousands of American patriots who are caught up in this. They um, sometimes – and we don't really have this necessarily this problem here, but people will innocently cross state lines where – you know, If you live in areas that are, that are close to a border, a state border, and you travel between states, it's not inconceivable that you have your concealed carry weapon that you're used to carrying and you, you, you're not thinking about it. You get pulled over. You do the right thing and declare that you've got uh, a concealed uh, uh, weapon on you. You show your permit, and the cop goes, well, it's not recognized here in this state, and you get arrested for a felony. Which of course then affects your ability to maintain and keep your permit back home. See, it's a, a major problem. Now, I've always thought that this is this is crazy, and that as a, as a matter of law, this ought to be uh, this ought to be handled this way. That there ought to be a recognition by the federal government in uh, this type of reciprocity, uh, because of course it's it's in principle the same thing as you know a marriage. You get married in California, you don't move to you know Nevada and suddenly have to get remarried or apply for a separate marriage license. And I understand, right? There's some you know legal reasons for this, but I'm but it's the same idea. You you know people, the country is a lot smaller today than it than it once was. People travel between states. And presumably, um, I think there could be some federal standard set for what is, you know, ought to be in a permit. I think this is the compromise, right? There's some f- federal standard set for what a concealed carry permit uh, requires, and it's up to each state to do that. My driver's license, I cross, I go into California, my Nevada driver's license is still valid. Imagine a world where, where no, excuse me, before you cross from prem into San Bernardino County. We need you to uh, furnish, uh, pr- produce a California driver's license. It's absolutely ridiculous, okay? So I think this is a great uh, idea. Of course, when it comes to the select committee that was agreed upon in the House for uh, investigating the weaponization of the federal government, Adam Schiff is not pleased about this. Now, Adam Schiff has spent... The last two years, banging on about Trump and January the sixth, turning it into uh, something of, I don't even I don't even know what, uh, pursuing all sorts of of um, of, of folks throughout it and, and dragging this thing on forever. And now he's complaining that Republicans want to investigate the FBI, for example, and the DOJ for perhaps singling out conservatives. Listen to Adam Schiff protesting right before this thing uh, passed. Mr. Speaker, I rise in strong opposition to the Republican Select Subcommittee to investigate deep state conspiracy theories. Republicans claim without merit that this subcommittee will investigate the so-called weaponization of the federal government. But what it's really intended to do is to undermine the legitimate investigation of President Trump's incitement of a violent attack on this building on this capital on this citadel of democracy an investigation that implicates some of the very members of this body who want to sit on that committee huh see they will continue bringing this up over and over again as long as it suits them because they believe they have constructed a truth which of course i you know in, in large part is exaggeration and in some part is pure fiction about January the 6th and whatnot. So I look, this is this is great. They are you can you can hear it in their voices. They are not happy about this, they being, of course, the Democrats. And I'm uh, I'm delighted Republicans are holding firm on this. All right, I gotta run. When we come back, a story I broke here on the What's Right Show is now popping up again. This is about the abortionist doctor who Here locally, starting a Susie Lee ad, he's threatening to sue. I'll tell you about this when we return. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. Is anyone out there flying this uh, this week? Taking an airplane anywhere? <laughs> Good luck. Samerjovsky here, News Talk eight forty, KXNT. You're listening to the What's Right show. This morning, the FAA had a total meltdown uh, in its uh, computer system. Uh, this is a uh, this is a the NOTAM system, uh, notice to air mission system, which is a. Uh, Basically, a computer communication device in the cockpit. Uh, When pilots get on board an aircraft, they need to basically signal to uh, the FAA where they're headed, what what their flight plan is, etc. And that entire system just collapsed and went to bits this morning. Now, this is all going to sound familiar. If you remember the Southwest story, and that's because… Uh, Apparently, the FAA system is quite old. The mainframe computers that it's on is um, outdated. And I just want to ask, who the hell is Mayor Pete to berate Southwest when he hasn't cleaned up his own house? Mayor Pete, of course, Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, is the uh, FAA – well, no, he's the transportation secretary. And guess what? There has been no FAA permanent administrator since March when Trump appointee Stephen Dixon stepped down. So it's, well, let's do some quick math here, folks March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, January, 10 months without a head guy at the FAA. you would I know if you're a Democrat, you're probably thinking, but wait, it's the Republicans, the Republicans are responsible. What do you mean that you guys had Congress, you had the House, you got the Senate? By the way, the Senate's the one who confirms these appointments. What the hell are they doing? I know Mayor Pete was, you know, had some, he was on uh, parental leave. Then he went on some vacations. And I know he looks pretty when he gets on TV and talks a good talk, but I don't think the man's doing anything. Remember, I was the one, before you all have a meltdown, I was the one defending him, saying, Southwest, I don't want us going to, particularly not as conservatives, want us going to the government, looking for the government to fix Southwest. But hell's bells when it comes to the FAA that is under the purview of the transportation, the Department of Transportation, yeah, that is something that Mayor Pete is responsible for as the head of that department. So this, I think, lies on his doorstep and certainly would be helpful if they at least could appoint somebody in there to run the damn agency. I know they've got a temporary person in, but have you ever filled in temporarily for a job? I mean, what's your, be honest with me? What's the investment level? I mean, it's. You know, I don't know if I'm going to be here next month. Screw it. I'm not going to worry about this old computer system here. So this is um, this is the 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 uh, the results of all of that. Uh, we are so slow in this country, by the way, to even adopt, for example. Uh, a higher-end GPS system. It wasn't that long ago that everything up in the air was uh, was tracked essentially only through radar. Something called the ADSM requirement for the uh, upgraded uh, GPS tracking where every plane was required to have a beacon. I mean, that didn't come into play. Jeez, when did the mandate come down? I want to say it was maybe five years ago or so. And up until that point, the absolute standard was using radar, which is technology from World War II. I mean, let that sink in. Europe was laughing at us, by the way. They wouldn't let – there were a number of American planes, not commercial planes, but private planes that couldn't go to Europe, into European airspace because they weren't ADSB compliant. So… We are, uh, you know, we talk about infrastructure in this country and Democrats talk about it loudly. Mayor Pete talked about infrastructure when he ran his qu- quixotic bid uh, for the presidency. And, and of course, now he's behind the wheel there at the transportation departments doing jack crap. So typical Democrats at work. Now, uh, Chuck Muth, who is a, I don't know, has become kind of a political uh, writer and talker. Uh, not based here in Vegas, picked up the story. He was one of the original conservative bloggers to pick up the story that I broke here on this program back in October when I began talking about a man named Dr. Adam Levy. Levy is an abortion doctor, an OBGYN based here in Las Vegas. He is a, might even be a professor, medical professor if I remember this right at UNLV. Nonetheless, he starred in an ad, in a pro-abortion ad for Representative Susie Lee. And one thing that I discovered because I nose around and talk to people, and I'm I'm a local, right? Which helps. A lot of these guys that are on the station, Alan is the exception, right? He's a local guy like me. Alan Stock, uh, 8 to 9. Here on News Talk, 840 KXNT. But the the fact of the matter is you find out a lot by just circulating among, t- among, among people here in this town. And it became obvious to me that as this ad aired that no one in Susie Lee's campaign and certainly no one um, at, the, at the Democrats' House campaign, election campaign, had, had, had figured out that this guy had a past. Now, the allegations against Dr. Levy are horrific, as I reported earlier, there is a police report and then there is an Alford plea filed with the court that alleges that he had sex with his own daughter who was uh, a young lady, a teen at the time that this happened, not of legal age. So this uh, – by the way, anyone who uh, – in an Alford plea, by the way, you, you in an Alford plea, you you sign a document, a court document where you – basically uh, say that you know there is an overwhelming mountain of evidence here's all the evidence and it's all in there in the court documents the publicly available document and there's all this evidence against me and on a basis of this evidence i agree to plead to lesser charges and so he he did plead to lesser charges he's not a convicted pedophile uh, but again these reports in there and what is in this document is horrific and they are horrific allegations now what is a matter of record is his history with really some, some crazy medical malpractice claims against him. Um, and these are, these are matters that went to court and were disposed of by juries uh, who, who sided with his victims. So I, Chuck Muth and others have written about this, and now apparently Adam Levy, Dr. Adam Levy here from Las Vegas, Nevada... Uh, is threatening to sue. He hired a, uh, some kind of a company that does reputation management. They're these, they're like credit repair companies is what they are, folks. They're not even They They might have a lawyer there, but what they do is they send out scary notices to anyone who has any kind of negative content about somebody online. And they say, take this down. This is a first notice. And the quote here from the notice is, Dr. Levy has expressed interest in retaining his attorneys to file action if this cannot be resolved cordially, blah, 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 blah. Now, there's, okay, well, there's a political component. Of course, there's a political component. There's also a legal component to this. Um, Now, it depends on the jurisdiction. Here in Nevada, in California, most states have very, strong protections for for speech for public discourse to the extent that it is absolutely oh my god it is almost impossible to go after somebody who puts themselves out publicly the way he did in a in a in a televised ad uh to go after any kind of slander or defamation particularly not where truth is a defense so you, you, you know, the, the short of it, of course, the best defense always to a defamation claim is that what the person is saying about you is true. Truth as a defense. But the next best thing, of course, is that you're a public figure and you are attempting to use the legal system to silence necessary public discourse. There was a Prominent case, and I had, I've had Scott Robin here on, on the program, and, and, and he's unable to share the details of how the matter was disposed of. But you'll remember he is the uh, blogger that goes by the name Vital Vegas or the handle Vital Vegas. I like Scott quite a bit. We are friends. And you'll recall a few years back, he uh, made some allegations about the Sahara, notably that the Sahara would close. Well, the, the owner of Sahara, he, a, he got so mad he sued Scott Robin. And uh, look, I, Scott hasn't told me the details, but I, I, he's very happy with how it all turned out. And that is because uh, Scott hired a, a great First Amendment lawyer, Mark Randazza. And Mark filed an anti-slap motion, and I believe the way the, the matter ended is – and I can't – again, I have no particular knowledge of this because, again, the terms of the settlement were confidential, but I believe that Scott got paid. That is how these cases end. This this guy, this Dr. Levy guy is so stupid he can't even hire a proper lawyer he hires a reputation management company probably can't afford a real lawyer and on top of that the company he's hiring may not even be in in the right legal position to demand that a story of this type be removed see these reputation management companies are great when it's when it's and i don't mean this in a Derogatory way at all. In fact, I would say you're very lucky. When I say you, it means you, not me. I put myself out there. I've got a name in this town. I I, I do a show. I'm a public person. My 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 terrible face is all over billboards throughout the valley. I, I'm on TV. You know, I'm a public person. But you know, most of you have not put yourselves out there in this way. And so, if you've got an ex girlfriend that goes online and says, you know, Bobby is uh, blank. There, you know, you do have you do have some you know some rights uh, against defamatory statements, but this is this is um, this is a non-starter. All of it. So I, boy, I hope, I hope that doctor Levy, who I doubt listens to this program, because he would. It mean, strikes me like he's probably a pretty major lib, and um this might be a triggering event for him but i i i would absolutely love to get sued for my comments about this the document the documentation folks is stomach churning absolutely repulsive so i um anyway i am Uh, I will follow the story. I just think this is uh, funny that it's something that originated here in Vegas, originated right here on the What's Right show, now is starting to make national waves uh, again, even though the election is over. Susie Lee, unbelievable, unbelievable. Oh, my gosh, Susie Lee won. How is, gosh, how is uh, Susie Lee in office and and April Beck or not? I don't get it. All right, friends, I got to run quick time out. We come back. I want to talk to you about the gallery owner in San Francisco who got caught on video hosing down a crazy homeless lady. (laughs) You don't want to miss this because, by the way, my office is downtown. I have some strong thoughts on this. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right show will continue in just a moment. Sam here, your host of the What's Right Show. Friends, I, I want to mention just real quick, I know a ton of bad weather out there this week. Yesterday, a rain deluge here in Las Vegas, which of course we badly need. But what happens is when it rains, it pours. And what I mean by this is that the crazy driving that we have in this town gets even worse. The lunatics... Uh, they don't you know they don't slow down in the rain. In fact, for some reason they decide to go even faster, causing more accidents and problems for all of you that drive well and, and are not on your phones and, and not you know on meth. So what do you do when you get hit by a crackhead? okay? You've got a ton of choices in this town, but one thing you don't want to do is go to a lawyer that is not on the same page with you. Have a lawyer hire a lawyer. That shares your values, that works hard, that is smart and compassionate, and will get you not just the best results, but also not leave you feeling like you, you, you know, you got this ick on you for dealing with an ambulance chaser. Does that make sense? Now the firm that I can vouch for well, because I founded it, is Salmon Ash Injury Law, 702. 8201234 that is the only number to keep and hold and save in your phone in case you or a loved one get into an, an accident any accident here in Las Vegas or in California we have an office in California as well for all of you good people that travel to California and, and things happen so we we do maintain an office there we have attorneys there an actual physical office no no con job no weird you know uh, smoke and mirrors uh, we are uh, have a beautiful office in Newport Beach, and then, of course, our main office in downtown Las Vegas in the Arts District. Sam and Ash Injury Law, the only firm to trust with your injury case, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. All right. I, oh, sometimes there's someone in the news that is getting uh, you just pummeled. You know, absolutely pummeled and 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 trashed, and you feel sympathy for them. Now, I would describe that in part uh, as how I felt for the entire uh, pendency of the Trump administration. And now, of course, I feel this way about this gallery owner. His name's Collier Gwyn. He looks like a hippie, okay? And, and and I know this is mean of me to say. He looks like a hippie. He looks like a hippie lib guy. He's got a little gallery in, uh, in San Francisco. I think it was uh, the North Beach neighborhood, so the Italian neighborhood. If you've been to San Francisco, this once upon a time was a beautiful area. Now it is overrun by schizophrenic, drugged-out, uh, homeless people. Now, this from ABC 7 News, Wash uh, from uh, San, uh, San Francisco, KGO. Todd ta- discusses that this particular gallery owner was seen on a viral video spraying water from a hose at a. Oh, I love this at an unhoused woman. And these folks are complaining that he is not going to apologize. And he talked to the news station. He talked to ABC 7 the guy who was in this video, and here's what he had to say. I, boy, I'll tell you, this has a lot of, he has a lot of bravery. I'll explain what I mean in just a moment. Listen to his response when pressed as to why he did this, why he's pouring water on this poor homeless lady that's out in front of his gallery. I totally understand what an awful thing that is to do, but I also understand what an awful thing it is to leave her on the streets. We called the police. There must be 25 calls on record. It's two days in a homeless shelter. It's two days in jail. And then they drop them right back on the street. This woman is, um, it's a very, very sad situation. And she's very psychotic. I find it hard to apologize when we've had no help on this situation. Yes. Yes, he said it. By the way, the entire article here is just people going, I can't believe he did this. What a tool bag. Uh, The business next door that's kind of – you can see a glimpse of it in the video. It's some kind of a lounge called the Barbarossa Lounge. Uh, The owner, one of the owners wrote, and I quote – Uh, We've been made aware of a video that has begun to circulate on social media filmed outside our small business. Barbarossa is in no way associated with the inhumane actions portrayed in the video. Goes on to say we're extremely disappointed by this individual's behavior. No such way supports such actions. And then Barbarossa, this is my favorite one, strives to support our local community and treat all passerby and patrons with equal dignity and respect. If you are coming to my downtown Las Vegas office, you're coming in as a client to meet with me to Sam and Ash Law in beautiful downtown Las Vegas. I am sorry, but I will prioritize you as my client, you as my visitor, you as my patron over passerbys, AKA crackheads passed out in front of my office. We have to win our streets back. And folks, I'm out of time on this, but this is a major story. I'm going to continue on this because this is, this problem is entirely of San Francisco's own creation. Every city that has abandoned its commitment to fixing this problem, to a real solution to this problem, who just want the problem to grow and perpetuate in order to make more money off of it. That's what's inhumane. Not a business owner trying to clear the sidewalk in front of his business. Ugh ending on a upset note here. Thank you for listening. You've listened to the What's Right show. Sam Arzofsky here. I'll be back tomorrow. See you then.